Hey, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Angular Air. I'm your host, Justin Schwarzenberger. And on today's episode, we are going to learn about the latest and greatest with Angular Universal. See what's going on with that most recently. Looking forward to it. Let's say hi to our panelists, then we'll meet our guests, and then we'll get right into the content. All right, joining us today, we've got Bonnie with us. Bonnie, what's going on? Oh, lot of nada. Good to be here. I'm very excited about the show today. Awesome. Glad to have you. Hey, is your plant getting bigger back there? Is it growing? You know, you're the only one who noticed, Justin, because I had one in the bedroom and I had one in my office, and the one in my office was not doing... Because uh, apparently you can kill a plant with love. Well, we call it drowning. Well, I learned that, and so... Um, we call it drowning? Samantha said I know how the plant feels because I love it so much it's dying. Anyway, so the one in my bedroom was doing really well and the one in here, so I swapped them so that I could... Um, and anyway, so, yeah, but you're the only one who called me out on it, so good catch, Justin. All right, All right. it's looking healthy, looking healthy, it's surviving. That's good. It's more than my plants. It's not Mike. drowned. <laughs> Mike's yeah. with us. Mike, what's going on? Mute button. I'm capable of clicking on it. Twice. Once to mute, once to unmute. Okay. Uh, Can you say hi? Hi. There we go. How's everybody doing? Ready for another show? Awesome. Awesome. Alyssa's with us. Alyssa, what's going on? Oh, hello, darling. So good to be here. <laughs> it feels this so, so You're so sophisticated. I love it. <laughs> I feel like we're just going to get into some deep intellectual thought. It's great. I noticed you didn't call me uh, sophisticated. Or uh, everybody's intro was very sophisticated. Um, I just, uh, yeah, yeah, it was. Button <laughs> clicking, my man. Thanks for keeping me honest and on track. Appreciate it. It's because everybody's uh, everybody's on their best behavior tonight because we have such a distinguished guest. We do. Do you want to introduce our guest, Bonnie? I'm actually very excited about this. Uh, and I, I've known this guy for a while, and I ran into him at a conference, and I twisted his arm and convinced him to come on. And I'm very excited about it. Uh, you guys say hello to Vikram. Vikram, uh, I, I'm excited Hi, to have you on the show, but I, I can't, I don't remember your last name. Um, no, nobody remembers my last name. Uh, Vikram, <laughs> Vikram Subramanian. There you go. That was very good. That's much better to see. I didn't even try to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and so tell us, uh, I'm gonna let you tell us what you're, what you're coming on the show to talk about, which actually is like, we, we you were talking about it at the time you were working on it, and now you're working on something else, but you're still coming to Yes, us. yes. So, um, hi, I'm Vikram. Uh, I'm a software engineer in the Angular team. I, uh, I worked on Angular Universal and tooling uh, most recently. Uh, I switched to something, um, uh, some other team in Google, uh, but I still uh, wanted to uh, come here and, like, this is my first. Uh, <laughs> after I left the team, uh, I, I wanted to talk about what, what we did new in Angular Universal Line. There's like a whole bunch of things uh, that different people did. I I just coordinated. So I, I just wanted to talk about it so that we can showcase all the work done by our wonderful team and community. So I'm, I'm really excited to show off all the things that's new in Angular Universal 9. Very cool. Very cool. What um, should, we, should we give viewers a primer of what Angular Universal is, or were you planning on doing that? Uh, okay, so Angular Universal is essentially um, the server-side rendering solution for uh, Angular. Uh, it's uh, uh, it it has multiple parts. Um, 
Angular Universal as a project uh, is essentially uh, a community-driven uh, collection of uh, tools, which makes it easier for you to build like an express uh, engine-based um, uh, server-side rendering or happy-based. Uh, so these are tools that, that essentially uh, uh, people from the community contribute to, uh, but we want to provide like a, an official spot where it's curated by the Angular team in some ways um, and make it easier for people to uh, use them. And it's well integrated with the Angular CLI and things like that. Um, the other part is uh, the platform server API itself. Uh, and that is part of Angular core, while Angular universal is essentially the, all the set of uh, tools and utilities that makes it easier for people to do server-side rendering using the platform server API. Yeah. And so why would we want to do server-side rendering for our Angular apps? So uh, there are primarily uh, three reasons. Uh, the number one reason uh, wh why most of our users uh, want it is for uh, a better SEO. Uh, there are uh, crawlers like Google crawlers, which uh, do like execute your JavaScript and, and can get your content from there. But there are also other crawlers which might not be able to uh, uh, crawl. Uh, the content behind your Angular application, or it might even take the uh, Google Cloud some time to get to your um, content uh, if it is just JavaScript. So what uh, server-side rendering does is it essentially uh, takes your Angular application and uh, renders it in its full form HTML. Um, that can be then e more easily uh, crawled uh, by the uh, Google bot. I, I, I have to uh, add a note there saying, uh, it's not that Angular apps by default are not uh, indexable by bots, uh, but I would look at it more from a uh, perspective of um, uh, quality of the SEO. Uh, doing server-side rendering or pre-rendering is definitely more work for you, this is more like if you are willing to put in that more work, uh, you can uh, get more quality out of uh, your SEO, right? So th that's the number one reason why most people uh, use uh, server-side rendering. Uh, the second reason is uh, a faster uh, load, uh, perceived uh, faster load performance. Uh, so it's definitely uh, faster, uh, 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 like, first content full paint. So uh, since uh, the page is rendered on the server uh, and instead of just sending you like something like, hey, this is my app, uh, just that tag and a bunch of JavaScript, it actually expands out on the server uh, all the HTML contents of your app and sends it. So uh, the time like it takes for you to see uh, like your main content is much shorter uh, in uh, Angular Universal. Um, and, uh, th these are these are the two primary reasons why uh, why people choose to use uh, server side rendering. Yeah. 
And then does like the social sharing fall into that as well in terms of if I wanted to share a link to my site and, and share it on Facebook or Twitter and I wanted it to pre-fill the kind of the information? Yes, yes. So uh, it also uh, helps with like uh, things like if you want to share like a Twitter or Facebook link to a deep link URL into your app. Uh, we can, uh, th those, I don't know what's the current status of those crawlers. Maybe they are improving. Uh, but uh, when we started the universal project, they definitely needed help from like uh, doing server-side rendering to uh, fill all the meta tags that uh, would then inform those uh, social uh, uh, link crawlers to also um, provide a better preview of the content in your page. Cool. Very cool. I think that's yeah. That kind of wraps up the what is universal, right, and why we want to use it. Um, yeah. So what's new? Cool. So let me present. So we have a whole bunch of stuff. Yes. Can you share your screen with us. Uh, I, I mean, want to see it, Vikram. All right. I'm I'm sharing it. Uh, Justin, can you switch over to it? Yep. Got it. All Looks right. Good. All right, cool. Uh, so uh, as everybody know, Angular 9 is out, yay. Um, and we did a bunch of stuff for Angular Universal uh, for the 9.0 release. Um, and I mean, the, of course, the number one feature in uh, Angular Universal uh, 9 is it's compatible with Ivy. So uh, we did a whole bunch of stuff, starting from the CLI and how we generate the uh, code. Uh, this is mostly around the switch between like, um, you no longer reference uh, ng module factories uh, in your code, but you uh, reference ng module and uh, IV enabled Angular uh, essentially is able to uh, use that instead of factories. So it makes the generated code uh, much simpler. It also generates lesser code so that uh, you don't have to generate the uh, factories and your build is faster. Uh, so we needed to adjust all the universal side of things to use the modules instead of factories and get things working out of the box. Uh, the second one is a minor feature, but I, it's, it's sort of, I, I like it because it we used to get a lot of like bug reports from people who are easily like confused by it. Um, it'd be much easier to add um, um, server-side rendering to an existing Angular project now. Um, previously, it required like extra parameters and things like that. Now it can guess like what your default project is and easily upgraded to a um, server-side rendering project. Um, the third one is uh, a, the exciting addition is a, a dev server. So currently, uh, in a client-side only Angular application, uh, you essentially do ng-serve, and it's uh, watching your project. And when you uh, change something, uh, it can rebuild and live reload your code. Uh, this was good, but uh, once you enable server-side rendering, uh, you didn't get the whole loop as part of your development experience before. Uh, you could just uh, still do ng-serve and do all your fast editing, but 
people were still like hitting issues that are server-side rendering specific that they wanted as part of their development workflow as well. So now the new dev server builder uh, lets you do that. So we will we'll look into how, how that works. Uh, and the last one is uh, we have a pre-rendering out of the box uh, with all the um, like the discussions around Jamstack. People are uh, essentially uh, want to pre-render their uh, application uh, and their routes, but not necessarily during request time, but they want to do it ahead of uh, time during build time. Right. These have this has a lot of different advantages, uh, but I think it's more around like convenience uh, and the cost of hosting. Like you don't have to host an actual server uh, to get uh, this the performance benefits, but you can pre-render all the uh, routes um, during build time, and you can deploy it as static HTMLs, and uh, you would get. Uh, better performance. It it'll actually it's even uh, better performance than server side rendering in one aspect, in, in the sense that uh, when you pre-render during build time, your time to first byte is actually much smaller than if you actually um, had a server uh, running and responding to the the server side rendering request. What is uh, time to first byte? I feel silly asking that, but uh, so it's a it's a it's a browser That's a performance. Good question, Alyssa. All right, so it's a browser browser performance metric uh, that uh, essentially ties to um, how fast uh, your um, your page uh, starts getting sent to the browser because there are a bunch of things on the uh, like the uh, HTML. Uh, header, which the browser is capable of uh, processing uh, parallelly. Like it can start downloading scripts and fonts and things like that. But uh, until you actually send those things over to the browsers, it can't start any of those things. Uh, so uh, time to first byte, I think, uh, is essentially a, a way to see, like, uh, irrespective of where your user is accessing uh, your site from, if you can get those initial bytes qu more quickly uh, to your user, the browser can then do its job much faster. So that's why that metric is uh, important. Um, they have a lot of metrics, don't they, as far as uh, performance? I know I was, uh, I was using uh, Leonardo's Perfume JS, and he has a bunch of, of built-in uh, performance metrics, but that's actually probably one of the best. Uh, as far as measuring the performance, like you focus on that one and, and you can really get an idea of. Uh, uh, how it's so like all browser dev tools will have that because I've heard of like first contentful paint, but yes. not time to first bite. So they are different, yeah. right? Yeah, they are different. Yes. Uh, so uh, again, time to first bite uh, lets you know how well your CDN is actually set up. And uh, how, like, so uh, it is important because uh, a shorter, like a longer time indicates that if uh, that like the content of your app is not properly uh, distributed on the edge, uh, like on, on CDNs and stuff like that. And so uh, your browser can't start doing its uh, job early enough, right? So if you had a bunch of, even if you put all the work in differing all your JavaScript and things like that, you wouldn't get those benefits unless you can send those first bytes uh, quickly. So okay. I, I, would, I would say it's not the only metric that's important, 
but it's like a trade-off, right? I mean, because you could, um, uh, it's an important metric to note because people might uh, like rely too heavily on like doing uh, server-side rendering uh, while it might uh, improve their time to uh, contentful paint, if it's going to hurt their time to first bite, uh, that's something you need to uh, balance so that uh, you get a better overall performance for your user, right? Okay, thank you for explaining that, Vikram. I love it. Yeah. Hey, Vikram, that's, I think we, we don't want to sidetrack you too much because uh, uh, Tobias and Constantine have some very specific questions in the YouTube chat. And I don't want to throw them in here and sidetrack you because they're so specific, but it would be really cool if we have time at the end to circle back around to them. Sure, sure. Because they're good questions. All right. So can I, I'll just go on with this presentation? Yeah, we'll try not can, to interrupt can I, you. Can I say one more thing on the, the pre-rendering really quick too? Yeah. Like, um, you know, the server-side rendering is there's the request from the browser to that mm -hmm. endpoint, and then the server is going to do some work, mm -hmm. right? And then mm -hmm. it's going to return back the results from the request. Mm -hmm. uh, in pre-rendering, the idea is that it's already done on the server side. So when that request is made from the browser, that page comes back with content right away. It's requesting the file, right? So I yes. think that's that concept of time to, to byte versus having the server to do some work before it returns anything back to the browser from yes. the initial stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so it's that plus if you had a static HTML, it's much easier to distribute it across the globe on CDNs on the edge, uh, much closer to the user, right? So uh, the bytes travel much faster to the user that way. So that way also it's uh, uh, it's better. I mean, uh, again, I want to say that it's it's not like uh, server-side rendering is much slower. Like you, you could have a setup in your cloud provider in a way that uh, it can cache the first response from your server uh, in the CDN, right? Uh, and from the second response on, you would almost get the uh, like experience of uh, doing pre-rendering, right? Uh, but it is definitely more overhead to maintain and like deploy and monitor your servers and things like that, right? Something that not everybody might be willing to do. So that's why pre-rendering is also an important option. And 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 one of the reasons why we want to add it as part of universal uh, is we want to provide the people the choice to choose between the different strategies. And even within a single app, they are able to choose between these routes are pre-rendered because there might be my landing marketing page, while these uh, sites are more user-specific and I want them to be uh, request time server-side rendered or somewhere in between, right? So uh, I'm, I, want, I want this page to be um, pre-rendered, but I have a million of these pages, so it, I don't want to like increase my build time. So it might be easier to server-side render on first request and then cache on CDN, right? So uh, all this work enables our users to have a more nuanced uh, serving strategy, right? So does it make sense? Awesome, thank yeah. you. All right, so, um, the first one is uh, easier to add. Um, so um, again, this might seem silly, but again, this is something uh, that's just the initial friction. We want to remove it. Previously, you had to provide when you're uh, enabling uh, server-side rendering or universal on your project, 
you had to always provide your client project name, and this was always tripping up the new users. But uh, now, uh, in the newest uh, schematic, uh, it can guess your default project and app. So that's one of the things. Um, uh, second is uh, how do you run the dev server once you've added Universal? It's it's essentially just a simple uh, SR, uh, dev colon SSR, npm command, uh, and it'll start a live reload environment, uh, but going through your server-side rendering um, server, right? Uh, and the third is uh, just showing how to run the pre-rendering. Uh, again, we uh, again here we wanted to make it as frictionless as possible, so you can run it as just npm run pre-render. And the pre-rendering um, builder will actually try to guess all the routes in your application using your uh, routing module configuration, right? Uh, but it can guess only as uh, so far as uh, those routes are statically uh, guessable. So uh, you, uh, the second command is when you have like dynamic route parameters in your routing config and there's no way to know like hey is it going to be slash id slash 100 or 1000 or what like it might depend on data in your database and things like that uh, so in those cases we provide an option for you to probably run a script separately and produce like hey this, these are the lists, lists of the dynamic routes uh, so the pre-rendering builder can combine all the statically guessed routes with the dynamic routes. So I, I'll show it uh, in the uh, demo. So switching to the demo. Uh, so essentially for the demo, I have the tour of heroes, uh, which the Angular um, um, Angular.io goes through in its. Uh, uh, tutorial. Can you see it? Uh, should I make it bigger? So I know they used to go through it. Is it still available somewhere on the site? Do you guys know? Because I know they have a, a whole new getting started process that doesn't involve Tour of Heroes. I think it Tour of Heroes. It is yeah. somewhere. Cool. Cool, cool. I think, can, I think that one is still available. I love that you use the Tour of Heroes for this, Vikram, because it's so, because it's code that we're already you know, so we can compare because we already kind of know this code or we can go and look at it. Mm -hmm. It's really nice. Yeah. So essentially what I have here uh, is uh, the Tour of Heroes um, uh, app downloaded. And I already ran ng add um, at ng universal slash express engine. I'm not going to do that. It's going to take a bunch of time downloading the NPMs and stuff like that. So I'm just going to start from the state where... Um, the Express Engine is already added. So the ng add schematics does a bunch of things. So I'm going to just quickly um, go through what all it did. So if you uh, essentially open your package.json, uh, in addition to your existing like um, ng commands, it added uh, these four here. Uh, is the font size OK? I think that's good. Uh, okay, so uh, the dev SSR is your um, new dev server target. Um, and servant build are for you to do production uh, build and uh, serving of your production version of your 
server side rendering and pre-rendering. Pre-render is the new uh, pre-rendering builder. So uh, let's do the dev server first. So this is the ng add. I'm not going to go through that. Um, and these are part of the um, like the builder stuff for the CLI. Yes. So these are actually using the architect API. Uh, to add new builders. So actually, let me just show that part also. So server SSR is essentially the new uh, dev server uh, Angular CLI builder. Uh, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's not too much configured. It essentially says what your browser and server target. These are automatically set by the ng-add command. Uh, so you don't have to do anything here. Um, so it, it essentially runs some things in production mode so that you get something closer to production, but uh, it do, does build your client bundles and server bundles in development mode so that the build um, uh, turnaround time is much faster. Uh, so this is the uh, dev server builder it'll add, and the uh, other builder it adds is the pre-render builder. So. Uh, again, it just sets like uh, the slash, like your default route as the only route to um, pre-render. We'll see how to how to configure these things. So, so these are the two new sections that Angular Universal 9.0 adds to your project, and it also adds this like like easier way to invoke them in package.json. So now, if I run the dev server. It's essentially doing a build of your client uh, in watch mode and a build of your server in watch mode in uh, one after the other. Um, and then it will say it's ready when it's done. Uh, and when you change anything, it will again do both of them and refresh the browser um, automatically. Hopefully, if the demo works, it should work. Things are slow because I'm on my Chrome OS laptop. It'll be much better on your regular laptop. We believe in you, Vikram. You got this. All right. And it is a little harder when you're live on YouTube, but don't worry. All right. So then the architect and the builder, like the, the server to serverless is all part of that, right? We don't actually end up with any like server files inside of our project or anything as a result. Oh, no, you do. Uh, those were always the case uh, uh, before also. Um, uh, OK, let me clarify. Uh, you don't get extra files for the dev server builder or the pre-render builder, right? Uh, but we do uh, write the file for your server uh, entry point for your SSR on disk because we think different people might have wanted to configure their uh, server differently. And we can't handle all of those combinations uh, uh, from within our project. So actually, if you look at, so we do write one file. This was always the case uh, before also, um, where essentially uh, we provide you the entry point for the Express Engine, uh, but with everything set up uh, so that uh, server-side rendering uh, works uh, out of the box. Uh, so you don't have to do anything, but uh, there might be some certain cases where you want to have like uh, your own middleware set up here, or you your own uh, 
separate way of handling um, 404s and things like that. So this is the actually the only um, server-specific file we write on disk and expose to our users. Uh, but everything uh, we generate for the dev server and the pre-render builder are all uh, done in memory and nothing is written to disk. Um, so looks like it completed. So I'm just going to start from the beginning. Oops. Oh, no. I typed the wrong port. All right, so so this was this is the server-side rendered version of your project running in demo, right? So just to show you that it's all server-side rendered. Um, I could have done view source or. Slow. So if you look at the HTML that's uh, sent, it's actually the full HTML, right? Um, so if you look at here, all the styles are, are pre-rendered and pre-filled, which is very cool. And, uh, um, and then if you look at the actual uh, body, uh, it's it has the whole um, content actually filled here. So, and since this is this is in dev mode, it has some extra comments uh, for debugging. But in your actual production mode, you wouldn't see these extra ng reflect ifs and things like that. These are because it's running in dev mode. So yeah, so that's the dev server. So let me go ahead and make a change. So let me. Uh, so uh, I just want to uh, like call out one thing. So the way uh, a regular server-side rendered um, Angular application works is we use server-side rendering for the first initial render of your page, right? So whichever page you landed on first will be server-side rendered. So if I came here first, at this point it is server-side rendered, but it is also downloading the client bundle. And by now it has bootstrapped your client app on top of this. So whenever now, when you do a route change, it's all client uh, side uh, from now on, right? So when I'm actually doing this, it's actually doing client side uh, route change and everything from here on is the client side app, right? Um, so, uh, I'm, so if I'm in this page, Right, but when I press refresh, it's essentially going to load the server-side rendered version of this page because that is sort of the first page that we ask this browser to load. Um, so I'm going to come here and essentially make a change. Uh, the details, the details. Uh, the rebuild will be much faster because uh, the caches for the builders are a little warm, so, but it uh, still takes a little bit of time on my Chromebook. All right. So it did the incremental build. Um, and it's going to say compilation successful.
anytime soon. Why is my back starting to hurt? And then I realized I was leaning forward, like on the edge of my seat, waiting for this to build. (laughs) (laughs) It's cool, guys. It's cool. It's going to be fine. (laughs) It's it's uh, interesting. uh, It has uh, essentially finished compilation. And when it says compile successfully, there's a live reload, like, triggering, which essentially has now gotten this browser to trigger. And for some reason, the browser is also slow. I think because we are doing the whole streaming, everything on my computer is slow. Yeah, because you're uh, streaming on this Chromebook as well, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. Put, push it to the limit. The we believe in you. Could. Yeah, we believe in but, you, Chromebook. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's spinning. It's spinning. So the live reload started. I, I Yes. All right. I'm going to just going to interpret this point. All right. All right. So we got the extra exclamation. So this is a much shorter turnaround cycle for our uh, server-side rendering users. Previously, they had to do a full production build, stop the server, start the server, and things like that. But with the DevServe Builder, they can immediately, like, they can almost have an ng-serve kind of experience. So, so. And you had to set up your own HTTP server on your development side, right? To launch it, right? This has all come out of the box. We got the- Yes, yes. This is all out of the box, yeah. Very cool. Um, And if you have something like uh, uh, Nest.js, they have all of these integrated with there so that if you change anything in the backend API, it refreshes. so, um, So it all works well together. And so this, the stuff that's out of the box right now support, it's just for a node server. Is that correct? Uh, In terms of like, let's say I wanted to use .NET as my server-side renderer, right? Is is there a way I can plug that in and do that here? Or is is it just for node right now in terms of Uh, For now, it's just the Node Express Engine and Happy Engine. Uh, But yeah, we'd have to work with Microsoft to get the .NET Core working the same way. But the cool thing is that you're using the architect and the builders for the CLI. So yeah. theoretically down the road, we just add a new one for that, swap yeah. it out. The, the infrastructure for our CLI project is still the same. We yeah. special for that case. We just need to pop the right thing in there. Yes, that's very cool. All right, so that is the dev server. How are we doing on time? We're a little over halfway through, so. All right. We don't so, have to worry too much about questions. Well, we have some more questions, but Christian and uh, Justin are dropping knowledge in the chat. So by the time you're done, probably <laughs> Christian's already answered all the questions. So. All right, cool. Uh, so the next part is uh, pre-render. So I'm just going. I just want to show what happens if you just run pre-render by default. So for that, and this is where you were saying it's going to guess the routes, try and guess the routes yeah. automatically for us. Yeah, so let's look at what the route config looks like, right? So you have like the default path going to dashboard and there's a dashboard. uh, And uh, there is a detail, which which is the one you get when you click on one of the heroes. And this is one we we saw in the live uh, reload. Uh, It has this uh, uh, like parameter, right? ID parameter, which makes the... Uh, route uh, dynamic, um, uh, while dashboard heroes and the default route are static. So 
uh, when you run the pre-render without any other options, it essentially uh, sets up pre-rendering for uh, just the routes which uh, which it can guess statically. So in this case, it's, uh, it's the three routes, slash, dashboard, and heroes, right? So what it does is it writes out the HTML as part of your browser dist folder so that now when you even do uh, ng-deploy to any of the cloud uh, providers that you have, uh, you can statically get all the benefits of pre-rendering without having to run the server, right? So again, this is out, out of the box. It should uh, work for you. Uh, either that or you might have to adjust the config in your ng-deploy builder to point to the pre-render target instead of the regular browser target, right? So once you do that, it's uh, as if, and, and you do ng-deploy, it will actually run the pre-render step for you automatically um, and uh, deploy the uh, pre-rendered files. So uh, so here, the this builder is doing a production build uh, since it's, you know, we are writing out all the production assets. Uh, so it'll do a production build of your browser, production build of your server, and then run that on all the routes it can guess, uh, and then uh, produce the output into the browser disk folder. So now, does that also uh, look through lazy loaded routes as well? Yes. 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 And is that dependent upon using the import statement, the new way to do the yes the routes? Right? Yeah. Yes. So uh, you shouldn't have to do. Wasn't that something that was really difficult at one point to lazy load, like pre-rendered? Like that's like you could lazy load it or you could pre-render it, but do it. You can't have both. All right. But now apparently you can. Yes. Look how so, far we've come, you guys. <laughs> so the, one of the things that I said, the schematics is also better. Is essentially the bit here. Uh, it's a small bit, but it's um, uh, uh, useful. Uh, and I'm looking at the wrong file, sorry. Uh, all right. Uh, so uh, this bit here, uh, by default, uh, you would only have uh, in a CLI project a router module for route uh, for root routes. Uh, but when you enable uh, server-side rendering, it adds this extra flag, initial navigation is enabled. Uh, what this uh, does is, is essentially um, handle the case where you said like lazy loaded routes, right? So the problem with lazy loaded routes is uh, if you didn't have this flag, you would see a flicker for lazy loaded routes on, on your browser because uh, your server has already fully rendered your uh, lazy loaded route. But on the client, when it bootstraps on top of that and it takes over the page, uh, it renders up to the router outlet. Uh, but when it sees the lazy loaded route, it would start fetching that uh, chunk. And then uh, by the time it would have actually erased the page below the router outlet. And then when the lazy loaded route is again um, loaded on the client, it would re-render all of them, causing that even if it ha happens quickly, uh, you'd see a visible flicker. Uh, and this is one of the main causes for flicker on server-side rendering, the lazy loaded route. So 
Uh, now in 9.0, when you do ng add, ng universal, anything, it will also add this parameter so that you don't fall into that pit. So um, very nice. And uh, so, so the pre-rendering is done. It guessed uh, these three. It writes them as just simple index.html files. Uh, so that now, if you if I do HTTP server, like if I just had a static server just to show, like how do I copy this? All right, I just stop the server. So this is on a different endpoint for the static server. So that's it. Yeah, like, uh, and so you have like a now a statically pre-rendered version of your website. Again, if I say view page source, you can see that the thing sent by the server is your all the styles actually inlined, which is also good for like performance and uh, all uh, like the HTML content of your application actually uh, pre-rendered, right? And now you can deploy this to Firebase or like cloud or AWS, wherever. And um, you essentially have like a pre-rendered version of your uh, application, right? So it will make like the initial load much faster. So that's pre-rendering. So, so now we were able to pre-render only the um, static routes, right? So if you went into a route like this, of course, this is a client-side route uh, change. So if I if I did this, uh, it's going to say, hey, I don't know how to uh, actually render because we, we just have like a static web server, which doesn't reroute it back to the slash. So let's uh, render all the uh, dynamic routes also, right? So in order to do that, I already created a, a text file called routes.txt. Essentially, it's just a list of all the dynamic um, links in your application, right? You could create this using a script by maybe if, if these are IDs in a database, you can write a script to query your database during build time uh, and then create this routes.txt uh, list and then call the pre-rendered builder, right? So. Uh, so to invoke it, right? So it's it's the same npm uh, pre-render, but there's an extra like routes file parameter, uh, which will now uh, pre-render all the routes in your application. Again, it's going to take a little bit of time. It's going to do all the whole production from the beam on my Chromebook. All right, maybe we can take a question while this thing is happening. Yeah, so uh, if you're doing this pre-render, right, and you had the error, the four, uh, 404 error because somebody went to that route that wasn't pre-rendered, like then uh -huh. what's the pattern of combining it where you have some pages that are pre-rendered and some that are not? Yeah, so since, uh, since I had just a local static server, it was showing you like, a, hey, this path is not found. But if you actually deployed it to your um, like cloud provider, uh, it would set like if a default ng deploy on Firebase will redirect all routes to the uh, to your base of your client application route. Uh, 
so if you went to a route that doesn't exist, it will actually serve uh, your client application from just slash. And the Angular client application can then parse the extra route parameters to, to display the 404 page you have set in the router config. Does that, does it make sense? Yep, cool. Thanks. Yeah. So, um, so again, our, our idea here is to um, eventually provide like a SSR solution where you can mix in your own application, a combination of pre-rendering, request time server-side rendering, and client-side rendering, right? So just by just tweaking all these settings um, and deploying it to your cloud provider, you can get that experience. We're at 60%. I think it's doing uh, the ES2015 build and the ES5 build and then the server build, so it takes a little bit of time. And this is with Angular 9, right? So the builds are even faster now? Yes. So if we were on Angular 8 on this little Chromebook, we might be waiting even longer. <laughs> uh, none of this would work. <laughs> it's, it's really cool to see uh, all the stuff we get out of the box with like ng add right now to do all this stuff is going to be amazing. Uh, having gone through the, the process before, which was still totally doable, right? It was just a lot of manual steps that you'd have to do to to add universal or pre-render to your project. Now uh, we get it pretty straightforward. This is pretty awesome. Yeah, so now it actually pre-rendered 13 routes. So it combined all the statically guessed routes with whatever you provide in your routes file. Uh, so now if I did... Yes, and detail well. Hey, now it's it's serving the pre-rendered version. And I missed. Uh, did you? Was there a command to run the to serve the pre-render out of the box? Right? Uh, no. Uh, or did you have to? Go ahead. So I'm just using a static HTTP server here. Uh, yeah. There, there is no command to um, run the pre-rendering um, before this. So there are a few options. Um, I would say actually your experience uh, using server-side uh, rendering or pre-rendering while you're doing development shouldn't matter. So for development, I would recommend just using the dev server. Even for routes, you know you're going to pre-render uh, in production, right? Uh, so that will be your development setup. And for production, uh, uh, I would uh, essentially say, you deploy your instance as part of your CI, uh, uh, deploy a test instance of your uh, production app in your cloud. It's much, it's easier to do that these days. You can deploy how many instances that you want and uh, then you get the live version of how your website is going to look uh, with the pre-rendering for some pages and server-side rendering for some pages. So, uh, the only other minor thing I want to mention is uh, we also do all the pre-rendering uh, like in as many parallel uh, processes as possible. So uh, if you actually had an application, somebody actually posted on Twitter, like they had like 10,000 routes just in the test application and it took like something like 75 seconds to uh, pre-render all of them. 
uh, which is not bad, which is good. So, and that that is possible because it uses all the processes on your machine to like parallelly uh, pre-render all your roles. So uh, that's it. Uh, just a couple of more slides. Um, demo. I just want to like thank everybody who worked on this project. I, I have been just a coordinator on this project. Uh, Alan from the Angular CLI team did a bulk of like uh, making it work on Ivy and getting it to like uh, work with the rest of Angular 9.0. That's a lot of bug fixes uh, and also uh, like easier ng add. Uh, Manfred built all the builder stuff for the dev server. Uh, he's like our community champion. He builds a lot of things for us. So the dev server is uh, his work. Uh, Adam Plumer uh, has been a long time universal contributor. He has been maintaining Angular Universal externally uh, for the past few versions. And for this version, he built the part where I showed it automatically adds the uh, initial navigation enable part of the schematics. Uh, and Wagner Maciel uh, was our engineering resident for the fall. So he's like um, he's like a, a, a super intern who's like in this uh, path to transition to a full-time Google employee. Uh, and this was his project essentially. Uh, so he did everything for the pre-render builder uh, from scratch, uh, making it work on the different engines and the, doing the parallelization and integrating with like the guest parser to guess your routes and all those things. So a uh, big thanks to all of them. And um, I've uploaded the uh, sample in at GitHub and for general server-side rendering, we have the angular.io guide. So that's it. Awesome. Awesome. I have one more quick question if we can. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Is there any other, uh, uh, things that we need to worry about in terms of before, you know, there was talk of, or you have to think about like what DOM elements, what, what things can I use? Can I use the window object and things like that in terms of my code for mm -hmm. when I go to SSR? Mm -hmm. Are those things still in play or anything like that? Yes. So um, we made uh, certain things uh, better the past few versions. So I think starting from Angular 5 or 6, I think uh, we switched from using the parse 5 uh dom implementation on the server to something called domino and domino provides a lot of uh, uh uh it's still a subset of the dom apis but it does provide a lot of the dom uh, apis in terms of like getting the children and so there there are even in angular material there are code which directly access the dom uh and uh, we have been able to get that to work uh, with uh, server-side rendering, right? Essentially using Domino. So that makes uh, it easier, but there are still uh, two pitfalls. One, uh, you cannot use the global document object. Uh, uh, there is a, a document um, uh, token in attangler slash common that essentially provides you the instance of the document for that particular server-side request. Because uh, on a server, you can have multiple requests happening at the same time. You don't want like a global variable like crossing streams. So you would have to take care to essentially uh, inject the document uh, uh, object every time. And the second is uh, you cannot use window, right? 
So you would have to stub it in some way. And uh, there are a couple of ways people do it. Uh, our recommended way is to provide a, a use angler's dependency injection to essentially hide any like any part of your code uh, that is using a window to make it like a client module. Uh, so you would have the client version load on the client side. On the server version, you would probably just have stubs that doesn't do anything. Uh, and where, uh, so you would include that uh, client module in your app module and the server version in the app server module to override it. Uh, so that is our recommended way. The other way uh, people do is uh, they have custom Webpack config to switch the server implementation. We don't recommend that because uh, we uh, like we want everything to go through properly through Angular CLI and not have custom Webpack configs. The other thing with Angular 9.0 Universal is there was a custom Webpack config we were exposing uh, that is gone now. So it's much cleaner now. Uh, and we don't expose you extra webpack knobs for your server build and stuff like that. So, uh, so things work out out of the box and much better. Awesome, awesome. A lot of stuff to unpack and and start trying out. It's very cool, very cool. All right, well we're at the top of the hour, so why don't we do a few picks? If our panelists have any picks, and then we'll wrap it up. I didn't even ask earlier if our panelists have any picks. Bonnie, I yep. didn't, but now I do. Okay. Uh, but uh, listen, okay, you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll have you go first. Okay, uh, my pick tonight is actually our chat because we have such cool people in our chat tonight on YouTube. And I just want to say hi to all of them. Uh, we have Kate Skye tonight, who is my new friend from Twitter. Either she's never been in the chat before or she never actually participated in the chat before, but she's there. Um, we also have Jeffrey Bosch, my, my neighbor, my Netherlander neighbor. Uh, and we have Reactive Fox, you guys, who is a brand new GDE as of like an hour ago, literally. And he is also, if you didn't know, uh, his name is Andrew, and he is the host of Angular Air Russia. And he's also in our chat. So, uh, and then there was uh, Christian, Constantine, and uh, Tobias, who were like totally nerding out over universal stuff and answering each other's questions. But the chat tonight was hopping, and I just want to say I love all of you. And uh, thank you for joining us and participating. It's really great to see everybody. Sarun, who we've seen before, it's just it's great to see the, the familiar faces and then the new faces and just hi everybody. I love it. I love it. Now you get to wear another title. Now you're a chat advocate for Angular Air. <laughs> so now because you did such an amazing job of that, yeah, you you can be the one. <laughs> it's such an honor. I want to thank the Academy. <laughs> thank you for my parents. Thank you everybody. I get a hat now. Chat advocate. Nice. Love it. Nice. And we are going to do a crossover, right, Justin, of uh, with uh, uh, Reactive Fox and, and uh, oh, Angular cool. Air Russia. Yeah, we need to that, for sure. We're going to get that on the calendar. All right, for sure. So my pick, I landed at like, I think it was midnight, midnight 30 last night, um, coming home from Flashback Conf. And it was in Orlando, Florida. It was a really cool um, conference. Uh, it was so cool to see like some of my old friends out there in or Orlando. And I just wanted to give a shout out to the organizer, um, Brian Rinaldi. He did a really cool job just bringing um, together the community. And so yeah, shout out to his passion. Very cool, very cool. All right, that's it. Vikram, hey, thanks a ton for coming on and sharing your time and sharing this content. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Cool, thanks. Thanks a lot for having me.
again, sorry, it took so long to get you on here, even though like, now you're done with the Angular team, but now you're on, but. Uh, I'm super still writing my Angular t-shirt. Yeah. There you go. Never <laughs> truly leave it, right? <laughs> Once you're on the Angular team, again. you're never really off the Angular team. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right. That's a wrap. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. See ya. See you.